Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Dugout from Sports Mall. I'm Pascal Lemaire and Barney Corker is here again to give his view on the latest hot topics in the world of football. We start this week with the Premier League title race, with Leicester City now five points clear thanks to a massive 3-1 win at Man City. Barnes, their bookies' favourites for the first time this season. Can they actually go all the way? I think they can, and I think they certainly deserve to be bookies' favourites now after that victory over Man City. It was it was an incredible performance. They deserved the win as well, a way to arguably the toughest place in the Premier League to go to. I said last week that I think they deserve to be favourites, and but there was still... You know, one lingering question mark over them was probably that weekend against Man City. If there is another one remaining after that, then there's probably this weekend coming against uh, away to Arsenal. If they can get through that one, if they can get through those two games with six points from six, then you've got to put them as favourites for the title. They're five points clear of only 13 games remaining. I mean, it's understandable why there are question marks over them because they're it's just it's just been so unexpected them going on this rise to the top of Premier League football. I think it would probably be the biggest shock in terms of title winners in history, even going back to the first division. Uh, maybe Brian Clough coming up with Nottingham Forest and winning the league in his first season after getting promoted is up there. But the money involved in football now and the gap between the top teams and the likes of Leicester, who last season were bottom until the the closing weeks of the season, is just is a, so much bigger than it was in Brian Clough's day. So. For me, this would probably be the biggest shock in, in in the top division history for them to win the league, and I think they will go on to do it. Now, I think I had I had a bet with one of my friends um, just before Christmas that they'll come in, finish in the top four, and he's already said he'll start paying out on that now because it looks certain that Champions League football is going to be at King Power Stadium now. And now I've gone double or quits for them to win the title, so I'm certainly backing them now. I think I think they will do it. It's going to be interesting to see how they cope with the run, and I think. That's going to be because none of their players have had experience of this. But then the same applies to Tottenham. The same applies to Arsenal. The only team in the title race really who do have experience of getting to the finish line at the moment is Man City. So it's going to be interesting to see how that develops over the the closing stage of the season. But from everything I've seen from Leicester so far, I can't really see any signs of them feeling the pressure and, and blowing this one. Well, yeah, I think you know they obviously started so well, and you'd probably say after maybe I don't know fifteen games of the season that they might tail away, but. They just keep going from strength to strength. You know they've got the best form of anyone uh, in the top four, and you'd have to say that surely now that they they're used to this pressure, they're used to the spotlight, and they thrive on it. Like last weekend against City, just going back to that game. I mean, getting the early goal that that obviously did help them in their counter-attacking style. From then on, you know City were chasing the game from the third minute, I think it was. But even then, they were so good. I thought Mares scored that fantastic goal. You know the step over and then finish with his right foot. You know we don't usually see him uh, use his right foot all that much, but. It was a great finish, and then even the goal that City scored was um, it was offside, wasn't it, Gro? That shouldn't have counted, so it should have been a three 0 win at the Etihad, which was you know the best home record in the league. It was spilled as you know best home record versus uh, best away record, and you have to say that Leicester they were so good in that game. Just looking at the table now, fifty three points, it's a, it's a brilliant record for them, and and then you've got the three teams behind: Spurs forty eight points, Arsenal forty eight points, and City forty seven. But as it stands, you'd have to say that. I mean, I'm not sure if they're still the favourites. I mean, it's still a long way to go for a team that... Uh, it's, it's so hard to say, but I, I would still probably just say City because they're only 
I mean, six points. We've seen that gap claw back, you know, many times down the years. But then, then again, you counter that with the fact that stats that you know, uh, top at the start of February you tend to go on. I think it's the last eleven seasons, maybe when uh, if you've been top at the, uh, the start of February, you go on to win. So, I think it's hard to counter it. But I'm still not quite there. I think City probably just still there because it's just the Aguero factor. I think he's going to score goals and win games for them. But if either Leicester or Spurs does it and becomes like a new team to win the Premier League, it would be amazing, whichever, whichever does it. But if Leicester can do it, it'd just be incredible. It would be incredible. And you mentioned the Aguero factor for City there. I think the Vardy factor and the Mahrez factor for Leicester just as big this season because they've been in such good form. Vares, I think, for me, is the player of the year. It would take a huge effort from any, any other player in the division, apart from maybe Vardy, who's the other one in the running over the last 13 games of the season, to, to dethrone Mahrez as my player of the year. He's been excellent all season and just looking at the fixtures coming up for Leicester after Arsenal this weekend which is for me their last big big test of their title credentials even though they've passed every single one so far with flying colours after that they've got Norwich, West Brom, Watford, Newcastle, Crystal Palace you know they're all teams who Palace aren't in the best form Watford are the only one of those in the top half and they're not they're not playing another one of the teams around them in the table after Arsenal until uh, till the end of April when they've got Manchester United away from home. The last three games of the season could be crucial. They've got United, Everton and Chelsea going into there. But the upcoming run of fixtures after this weekend does look pretty kind for them. And it's certainly, I can see them keeping up this run of form. I can see them certainly stay on top of the table. And they've got that five-point cushion, which means any slip-ups even at the end of the season they've got a bit of a cushion to the teams below them in the table so they can afford to lose a game here or there they can afford to draw draw the odd game the rest of the teams in the title race aren't going to take up maximum points from the last 13 games of the season and I think Leicester are in a fantastic position to go and win the win the title I, I, as I say I think they will do it yeah and you can't forget I mean we've mentioned it many times before but the fact that everyone else in that title race has either FA Cup and European games they've all got European games still to play and we know that uh, depending on how far the travel is. I know City, they obviously go to Kiev um, just later this month, and that's a really tough trip for them. And Pellegrini's already complained about he's got the Capital One Cup final, um, you know, the FA Cup games, they've, they've still got to go, uh, Europa League, as well, um, Champions League as well. It's going to be so busy for them, and all Leicester have got is the Premier League. And they get, I guess every time I think about that, then it just it strengthens Leicester's case even more, I think. And it's hard to imagine that anyone else. I mean, do you think it's just those four teams that can win it? United. 12 points they are behind Leicester United and they're too far behind aren't they yeah I think they are they have been improving in, in recent weeks they've been better in attack That's, Van Hout deserves a bit of credit for coming through all the hard times all the criticism over his style and improving them and they won't have entirely given up on the top four yet six points is the gap between Man City and as he said between Man City and Leicester it's a gap that we've seen overhauled in, in recent seasons so they wouldn't have given up on the top four yet but for me all that top four are in the title race. Manchester United are not. Um, so I, I, you know, I struggle to see them even climbing into the top four. I think the title is beyond them. Um, and we said at the start of the season with United that if Van Gaal doesn't finish probably third at, at the very least, then it would be a, a failure of a season for him because they they finished fourth last season. That was a rebuilding one. Spent a lot of money, but they needed rebuilding after David Moyes obviously doomed reign there just to get back into Champions League was the big thing for Manchester United but for them not to finish in the top four this season them not to finish in the top three and challenge for the title with all the money Van Gaal spent you know I think that's a really poor season for them I think it's I can't see them overhauling a 12 point gap to Leicester the form Leicester are in and there's you know Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City have looked so much better than United all season 
inconsistent perhaps but United have been inconsistent as well so no I don't see them challenging for the title by any means what about the top four only six points to see that's only two wins it's not that far is it it's not far and I mentioned I think last week I said City were probably still just about favourites uh, that might that obviously changed this weekend with Leicester beating City but as I say with company when with him back for Man City they, they look like a completely different outfit and that spine of the team is so strong and Aguero as you mentioned starting to hit form now and he is the best striker in the league he's one of the best strikers in world football so with him in the team that they're always uh, they've always got the danger to win games in any sort of way really he scores every type of goals he can score from inside the box curling them into the bottom corner he's on a one-on-one on, one on one, you're going to put his, put your house on him he scores headers as well so he is the X factor really for Man City the chance of keeping them in the title race um, as, as far as Arsenal are concerned I think that win over Bournemouth last weekend was huge for them they they yeah. didn't particularly play that well in that game Bournemouth were more than a match for them but it was just two first half minutes where they scored two, their two goals that was a huge victory for them to return to winning ways still behind Tottenham in, uh, obviously in the table on goal difference now and their, their biggest worry probably at the moment is not them not winning the title but Tottenham going on to win the title because mm. for, for Spurs to pit them to the title would be pretty much unthinkable for them I don't think Tottenham have won it since 1961 when obviously Bill Nicholson, uh, Bill Nicholson with that famous double winning side first team to do it in the 20th century so so it's been a long, long wait for Tottenham and I think that will probably be Arsenal's biggest worry at the moment is Tottenham going on to win the title rather than missing out on the title themselves. They wouldn't probably wouldn't mind too much, certainly in comparison, if Leicester or Man City went on to win the title. Yeah, I think I'm just, in my head, I'm trying to size up which the sort of order of like favourites in my head. And I think I've got Arsenal down as four favourites out of all of them. Just the way they've been playing recently, I think Spurs, like you say, I mean, they weren't great against Watford last weekend but they came through in the end uh, 1-0 there. I think... I'd have Spurs and City above Arsenal in the sort of likelihood to win the title. I just, I'm just not convinced by Arsenal recently. They, they seem to have lost like, the best football they were playing in the first half of the season. And like I said, they were okay against Bournemouth, but I mean Bournemouth weren't there. It was kind of a bit similar to the game they had at the Emirates, those two, where Bournemouth you know matched them for large parts of the game, but couldn't quite have that killer touch. And Arsenal, in the end, you know just just had enough to beat them. But just recent weeks with Arsenal, I haven't seen enough, and they're probably going to go out of the Champions League, uh, which will probably help because they've got that really tough tie. Uh, in the last 16 but I just, I'm just i just not convinced by Arsenal recently I think I'd have all, all three of the others uh, above Arsenal in the race of the title Yeah and they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up as well obviously Leicester this weekend then United at Old Trafford and then uh, then Swansea but then Tottenham and the massive massive North London mm. derby arguably the biggest North London derby in the Premier League era certainly in, in the last uh, uh, two decades or so you know it's it's a tough run of fixtures for them if they can come through that. The thing is with Arsenal, they can always go on this little run where they, they win loads of games and then look unbeatable at times. They, they're prone to going on good winning runs and that will get them right back in the mix. It is remembering, they're only, worth remembering they're only five points off the, ta- the top of the table. So even after that recent four-game winless streak, you know they're still right in it and five points is nothing when they do go on a run like that. The, the question is, have they got the mental... Uh, fortitude to do it which has been the big question over recent seasons the recent four game winless streak suggested that they might be on course for another collapse but as I mentioned I think to get back to winning ways against Bournemouth in a match where they didn't particularly play well but just to get the win was huge for them it's this weekend again is is another huge one for them it's a huge one for the top four all all of the top four are playing each other so it's a massive massive weekend in the title race but if they can get a win over Leicester this weekend then so two I, points, isn't it? It's not, it's yeah. not much at all. 
Yeah, exactly. And if, they, if they lose that game, I was just going to say that you know it's, su- it's such a big game, isn't it? You know, either two points if they win, but if they lose, that's then eight points to Leicester, and that's surely that they're never. Especially when you said about the fixtures Leicester have got coming up, they're never going to claw back eight points. So it's an absolute. Even a draw probably wouldn't be enough. Like keep it at five points. But if they can win that and get it back to two, and then obviously uh, the City um, Spurs game that same day as well is like you said equally as big and. Uh, they'd probably want to draw in that one, wouldn't they? And I mean, if it came out on top like that, and if they they beat Leicester and then the other two drew, um, you'd probably say they're right back in it again. But it's such a big such a big day for them, and you'd have to say that for, for, for Wenger, especially, you know, especially how you know the recent years they haven't won uh, the, the league. It's what is it now? Twelve years since they won the league, and obviously had a couple of FA Cups, but it's, it just seems like that is going to be such a big day for him. Well, yeah, it's going to be pivotal, isn't it? You mentioned right now they're probably your fourth favourites, and. You know, I'm inclined to agree with that, but then if they were to win at the weekend and then maybe Tottenham and Man City draw, then they'll probably go right back up to second, maybe even first favourites in many books. Mm-hmm. So it is an absolutely pivotal weekend for for the whole of the top four, and it's it's shaping up to be such a good title race. And obviously, the inclusion of Leicester and Tottenham, which are two new names in the title race, we're not used to seeing them, just makes it all the more exciting. I think all the neutrals are, are supporting Leicester mainly, and then Tottenham. They don't want to see another one of the uh, uh, Man City or Arsenal. I know Arsenal haven't won it in a while, but they don't want to see the same name on the trophy if they can help it. So it's one of the most exciting title races in, in recent years just because a new name could be on the trophy. Obviously, there's been the recent ones with Man City winning it in the last second. I don't think you're going to top that for pure excitement on the final day. But in terms of the, the, the wide variety of teams who can win the title this season, this is one of the best ever. Yeah, and if uh, if you had to make predictions for those two games this weekend, uh, which teams would win, or if it's going to be a draw for those two games, what would you say? Oh well, see, I would have backed Man City to beat Leicester last weekend, but they just can continue to surprise me. I think if Leicester can get another early goal against Arsenal, it's going to be another match that really suits Leicester. Arsenal like to play open football, and obviously Leicester love that on the counter attack as well. Arsenal like the possession. Leicester like the other team having possession, so they can hit on the counter attack. So. I think Leicester are really well suited to Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal, one of only two teams to beat Leicester this season. They won 5-2 when they met at the King Power Stadium. So, Arsenal do have previous over Leicester this season. That one's going to be a really interesting one. I, I'm st- I think I'm still going to back Arsenal. But if Leicester can get an early goal, I can easily see them winning it. Even if they don't get an early goal, I can easily see them winning it just on the counter-attack. Such a tough one to call that. And the Man City-Tottenham one. Tottenham in really good form themselves. Four consecutive league victories now and obviously Man City reeling a bit from that Leicester win but it's just Man City at home I can never really back against them Um, so I'd I'd probably go for Man City winning that one and if it's two home wins then you know the landscape of the title race has completely changed and they're probably the two favourites again Yeah I think I'd pick a draw in uh, City Spurs I think Spurs would probably go there happy to get a draw there um, and then know they can probably get more points elsewhere and I'm going to side with Arsenal as well I think they were, they were the only team this season who's really you know that that five two win they had they were really impressive that day and Sanchez you know he he played so well against Leicester that day and I think Arsenal, oh, like you say it's going to be awful when Leicester go and win inevitably and everyone's going to say oh why are you backing Arsenal but I just think that that game because it, it's such a big game for Arsenal and oh, I don't know it's a really hard one to call but we're talking about all these teams doing quite well. Uh, one team who's not had a good week, Barnes, is your your team, Liverpool. Bit of a shocking yeah. week. Um, can see, obviously, threw away that two goal lead to Sunderland and then go out of the FA Cup uh, in the 120th minute to West Ham. How are you feeling? Yeah, um, well, obviously, you know, I'm pretty loath to say anything negative about Liverpool, but 
yeah, it hasn't been the best week for them. Obviously, they lost to Leicester before that on the Tuesday, so in the space of seven days, they've lost to Leicester, been knocked out of the FA Cup in arguably the most heartbreaking way of them all. Seemed destined for penalties, but then pretty cheap free kick to give away, and then 120th minute in stoppage time of extra time, um, Ogbonna comes and rises and heads that in. Just another, to be honest, that performance wasn't too bad from Liverpool. Again, they had the chances, same as in the first leg, um, in the initial tie against West Ham, they had the chances to win the game, just couldn't put them away. And I think Ben Teke deserves most of the blame for that. He he squandered so many good chances, especially in extra time. He had three in extra time alone, could have easily had a hat-trick in that additional 30 minutes and just, he never looked confident with it really. And it's hard to determine why, because... You can say maybe in his Aston Villa days, Aston Villa, he was a pretty much one-man team. Aston Villa played towards him. They played to his style, and Liverpool don't do that as much. But his his goal-scoring record at Aston Villa was still very impressive, especially for a team who were usually down towards the bottom of the table. And that chance, especially the one-on-one against West Ham um, in, in the FA Cup in extra time when he just put it straight at Randolph, it never really looked like he was going to score. You know that's not that's nothing to do with the style the team plays. That's just finishing. I think his confidence he's lacking at the moment. Now, the positives from the from the Liverpool perspective from that West Ham performance were the fact that the youngsters played well. I think you couldn't really tell much difference between the youngsters and the senior team, which is probably a more damning indictment on the senior team than it is praise of the youngsters at the moment. But um, and the return of Sturridge, I think, was the big one because he came on. He 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 played really well. He just looked completely different when Sturridge came on such, such uh, more of a threat going forward he just brought a bit of class and guile in the final third which you don't really have otherwise and obviously Coutinho came back as well from injury he scored so things are looking up on the injury front but that's about the only front they're looking up on at the moment because you mentioned that Sunderland one that was inexcusable how they let that slip obviously there's the big fan walkout which didn't help things at all completely understandable from the fans point of view why any Premier League team would put up ticket prices next season when they're getting so much money from the TV deal is beyond me. I think it's uh, it's making a mockery of the fans really, and they're well within their rights to stand up and make a protest. And it seems to have made a difference by all accounts. The owners are thinking of having sitting down and having talks about maybe making some adjustments to that. So that would be interesting to see. But on the field, just against the Sunderland team in such poor form and so far down in the table, it's inexcusable to let a two-goal lead slip. Whatever's happening in the stands. I mean, obviously, it started for another Mignolet error. He's um, he's yeah, made a he's well, made too many of them last night either, did he? No, he's made too many of them this season. And the amount of times in games he just rushes off his line and just doesn't get anywhere near the ball. He always gives the opposition a chance. He's not convincing. And then the Defoe goal, great finish from Defoe, you have to say, but should have been defended better as well. So mm. yeah. And obviously Klopp not on the touchline for that as well. He's been going through um, surgery to uh, to get his appendix removed as well. So as you say, yeah, pretty dreadful week for Liverpool, it must be said. Yeah, OK. <laughs> Rant over. <laughs> um, but I was just going to go back to uh, back to Sturridge quickly. When he, I mean, he did look quite good when he came on, but just frustrated me sometimes. He, I mean, maybe he, you need a bit more of a greedy player sometimes, but I thought in a lot of occasions there, I remember there was one time he took on two players and then he had a man out to the left or he could have put it into the middle and then he tried to nutmeg a third and... That's, that was one thing that uh, frustrated me about watching him last night. He, he can do some things really well, but then he, he tries, I think, too many step-overs sometimes. And I think the thing with him is if, if he now plays, say, say if he stays fit, which obviously is unlikely given his record, but if he does stay fit for the next 
two, three months and, you know, plays quite well, then he's obviously going to be in contention uh, for England. That's going to be another interesting thing, because when you've got Vardy and Kane playing so well, Rooney the captain, and even he started playing a bit better recently, like, it's going to be hard for Sturridge to even get a look in at Euro 2016. Yeah, it is, and he's going to need to prove himself before that, because as you say, he's going to be pretty far down in the pecking order at the moment, and and rightly so, because he hasn't played in so long. I, I, I do think he played well uh, when he came on against West Ham. I, I know the incident you're talking about when he tried to take on a third player, and I think that would, I, I wasn't too upset to see that because it showed a bit of confidence that you know when he first came on there were a few wayward touches and he thought maybe you know he's he's a bit rusty, but then he got on the ball, started making a bit of a difference, started beating players, which is something Liverpool haven't had for a while now. Benteke certainly doesn't give them that. Yeah, Liverpool haven't had a striker with that sort of guile and skill in the final third which is why we've had to play Firmino who often drops deep and into the false nine role so you know if he can if he can build up the sort of form which he showed a couple of seasons ago when he was so so good against uh, alongside Luis Suarez if he can build up that sort of form then he's going to be right right in the mix I put him right up there with Kane and Vardy um, on this season's form uh, judging by his form a couple of seasons ago if he can get back to that level but he's got a lot of work to do because at the moment he is probably fourth in the pecking order if not lower down than that so he needs to work first and foremost he needs to prove his fitness then he needs to prove his form um, it would be a surprise if he if, if he does both of them it would be a surprise if he didn't get taken to Euro 2016 but as I say yeah, he's got a lot to prove and uh, massive game this weekend isn't it they go to Villa obviously bottom of the league I mean if they don't win there then there's even more pressure on the clubs then they go into their uh, Europa League double header you, you'd expect them to beat Augsburg uh, in Europa League last 32 especially you know, as Klopp obviously will know that team from his time in Germany. But big few weeks coming up for the club. You know, struggling at the moment. You look at where they are on the table. A long, they're not going to get top four now. They're too far away from that. So maybe, I mean, either go and win the uh, Capital One. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're obviously in the final against City or, and obviously go and, go and do the Europa League maybe, but it's a massive month coming up. It is a massive month and you know the Europa League is certainly not guaranteed success though teams in there who if they played Liverpool today you'd probably say would absolutely batter Liverpool Napoli the first one that comes to mind they're in good form in Serie A if Liverpool came up against them tomorrow then I wouldn't really back Liverpool to get anything out of the tie so that's that's no easy as the Europa League and as you mentioned that probably looks like they're most likely route into the Champions League at the moment because they're just down in ninth in the Premier League that's not good enough it hasn't been Good enough under Klopp so far, to be honest. He's just bit, he's brought no consistency to the to matters. He's averaged fewer points per game in the Premier League than Brendan Rodgers did in his first eight games in the Premier League this season. So there hasn't really been an improvement under Klopp so far. Obviously, deserves time. He needs time, and during the summer he'll get a full pre-season under his belt. Maybe bringing a few new players, which I'm quite surprised he didn't do in January. But it'll be interesting to see what he does in the summer. But he has. He, he certainly needs to make a difference, and as you mentioned, this weekend against Aston Villa, it's a huge game. If you don't win that one, then oh, the pressure really is going to pile on them. They sh- should have beaten Sunderland. If they don't manage to beat either of the bottom two, then that's a that just makes a terrible week even even worse. And 
you know, Villa will be coming into it on the back of a win as well. So it's not the most straightforward tie, not as straightforward as it might have been perhaps a few weeks ago. So it's certainly a potential banana skin for Liverpool, that one. Yeah, and you think back even before that, they played Norwich, didn't they? Conceded four against Norwich in that mad game where they ended up, I mean, they ended up winning 5-4, but wasn't really good enough. And we're talking about sort of Arsenal and Spurs having their battle, but you look at the table now, Everton, they've had a couple of 3-0 wins on the bounce. They're now above uh, Liverpool on goal difference. And you just look at that goal difference, Everton plus 12, Liverpool minus four. Like, Liverpool, I mean, that's simply not good enough, is it? Minus four for a team like Liverpool, their goal difference. Terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. The only one in the top half with a minus goal difference. And, you know, we've talked a lot this season about Everton's defence and how it's pretty poor and the only thing that was stopping them perhaps pushing for um, even a Champions League place was their defence. Liverpool got an even worse defence than Everton at the moment this season. They got the worst defence in the Premier League outside the bottom six and... You know, even Swansea in the bottom six have got a better defensive record than them. So that's a, an area which has perhaps gone a, a bit under the radar for Liverpool. There have been criticisms, obviously, of the defensive side of Liverpool, and obviously injuries have not helped. They've they've lost Skirtle to injury, Lovren to injury, uh, Sacco to injury at various points of the season. But you know, Everton's defence has been heavily criticised all season. Liverpool's not so heavily, but they've got a worse um, defensive record without the attacking form to back them up. Only 32 goals scored this season, which is the worst in the top nine. Uh, using another team as an example, Man United, there's been big criticism of their attacking um, form this season. They've scored the same amount of goals as Liverpool. So at both ends of the field, there, there really does need to be a big improvement for Liverpool. Yeah, that absolutely does. I mean, obviously Klopp has done some things pretty well since coming in. I mean, they are quite exciting to watch when they play, you know, they're pressing, uh, when they're really pressing, you know, and uh, pushing tight on teams. But he hasn't quite, I mean, you'd assume that Klopp will probably work it out. And I was just, I mean, moving it on a bit to sort of managers in the Premier League. And you've got the likes of Klopp. Now, we know Guardiola's now coming. Um, you probably assume that Jose Mourinho is going to go to United. The story just keeps on developing. And I was just thinking, you know, the Premier League hasn't, uh, done too well uh, in recent years in the Champions League but do you think these kind of managers I mean Guardiola especially more than most them sort of coming to the Premier League you've got Guardiola, Klopp, Mourinho potentially all being here next season is that going to help the Premier League become you know what it was in the noughties as one of the, sort of the main league in Europe or, or the main league represented in the Champions League Yeah well I think Guardiola certainly will help the matter players will want to come and play for him I think he, I think it was Bushkes who said during the week that you know only two things would make him leave Barcelona and that's his wife and Guardiola and obviously <laughs> that got the rumour mill in, in motion that he might be coming to Man City and I think certainly he will draw some big big names to Man City the other managers obviously been in the Premier League before a lot of players will want to work under Mourinho um Obviously, he's got a fantastic reputation in management and that hasn't really been harmed too much by the latest stint with Chelsea. Players will still want to come into him. So in terms of the managers, players will want to play under most. I think the Premier League has got the biggest one and, and the best ones and it's still the, mo- the most exciting, the biggest, probably not the best, but it, league in the world. It is a division that most of the top players want to play in, but it's the fact that the top clubs now have lost some of their allure go back to the top four in the Premier League table at the moment Leicester and Tottenham you know, if you're if you're a big player from abroad coming to England those aren't the two clubs that will immediately jump out as the big clubs in England yet they're top of the league it's a, I think it's a sign more of how how the top teams have got worse in recent seasons than how the, the, the lower teams have got better to be honest because you know you put any any uh, top English club at the moment against a Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich it's just a different league to them. Barcelona would absolutely batter any 
of England's top clubs and Leicester going into the Champions League next season. It's going to be interesting to see how they fare, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't give them much of a chance against Barcelona either and they've been the best team in England so far this season. So I think the gap there is still pretty big and I don't think one manager in Guardiola coming in is going to change that. I think it's going to take a bit more changing. And there's also the fact that you know Barcelona and Real Madrid, South American players especially, they are the the two clubs that you know you'll leave any club for really you look at Suarez did that Ronaldo did that um obviously Portuguese player going there as well they're the player that those sort they're the teams that those sorts of players grow up wanting to play for and you know no matter what manager you're playing for really if those clubs come knocking they tend to get their man so I don't think Guardiola will change it in that sense but it certainly will help attract better players to England I think and I think I mentioned last week uh, that I think Man City that will help them become a force in Europe. And I think they're the most likely of the the top teams in England at the moment to start challenging in those upper echelons of uh, the Champions League again. Yeah, and just thinking, it's, it's, well, it's, it's highly likely that you know Chelsea, unless they go and win the Champions League this year, and say United go and win the Europa League, it's highly unlikely that both of those will even be in the Champions League next year. And when you think about who Leicester, I mean, it, like we said, we, we expect them to get in unless they you know suffer a massive collapse. But if they get in, then obviously the coefficient and how the rate rankings worked out, they're not going to get a high seed in the uh, in the group and all that kind of thing. So they're going to struggle in the group, probably Leicester and might go out, and that's obviously not going to help. But like you said, I think Guardiola he should um, just. But like you said, I mean Bush gets. I mean personally as a player to watch, I don't like watching him. I think he whinges too much and all that. But you can't deny his, you know, um, how effective he is at what he does breaking up the plane. He's obviously a, a very intelligent player. But if he can, if, if Guardiola can really sign players like Bush gets who arguably one of the best midfielders in the world then surely City are going to they should be a force to be reckoned with next year yeah I think they will be both um, in England and in Europe I think the the thing another point I would make is that England English clubs have spent a lot of money in recent seasons and it hasn't really helped them in the Champions League using United as an example Van Gaal spent over a quarter of a billion pounds he bought in the likes of Di Maria for so much money and just hasn't worked out. They're now down in fifth, probably won't even be in the Champions League next season. Didn't reach a knockout phase of the Champions League this season. So it's not really a question of money at the moment. It's just the the way Barcelona and Real Madrid are set up. They're just light years ahead of uh, English clubs at the moment. And that's all happened in the last five years or so. I think it was 2012 when a last English club got to the, the Champions League when Chelsea won it against all the odds. Um, so yeah it's, I think it's going to take a bit of rebuilding to get that sort of it does go in cycles and stuff and this that spell where England got to the final most years between 2005 and 2012 was the first time really English clubs had been up there since uh, since Hazel in, in a in a regular role obviously United won it in 1999 but aside from that it does go in cycles like that and English football might need to wait a bit to get back in among the biggest biggest teams of European football. I do think Guardiola will help it. I don't think he's him coming in is the, the one answer English football needs. But of the top teams, as I mentioned, I think Man City are the more likely to, to push on now because they're that's their main goal for the, the owners now. They've won the Premier League title. They want the Champions League. It's similar in many ways to PSG coming with a lot of money. And, you know, the the European title is the, the main goal for them at the moment. And even look, looking at PSG and Juventus, who got off to a poor start this season in Serie A but are now on an unbelievable winning run if any yeah, of these 15 English games I think it is yeah if any of these English teams come up against them right now you wouldn't back the English teams as well so you know they're pretty far down the pecking order when it comes to the Europeans top clubs at the moment yeah the only thing I'd say going back to your point about United 
and you know whether they'd lose to you know probably get spanked by you know Barcelona or Real Madrid. But the point is they should have easily got out of that Champions League group, shouldn't they? You know, yeah, when, they, yeah. when that draw was made, we said, well, you know, United have got a pretty easy one there, but they didn't get out of that group, so you can't really. It's not like they've been, you know, humbled by Bayern or Real Madrid in the knockout stage. Because when you get to the knockout stage, over two legs, you know, anything can happen. I mean, you're unlikely to beat any of those teams, but for them not to get out of the group, that was the inexcusable part. So, don't really, that's that's where you talk about the money and maybe not spending it right. But you'd have to say that. I mean, going back to the Martial sign, you know, he has looked really good in recent weeks. I think and. Um, He's still so young, so I think he's, he's, 20, he's 20 now, isn't he? And I think the money they've spent on him, you'd probably say, as it looks at the moment, it might be a pretty good investment. Oh, oh I, would, I wouldn't go that far just yet. I mean, <laughs> he's impressed, but that was a lot of money. Obviously, the world's most expensive teenager. That's so, that's so much money. And no money in football nowadays is pretty ludicrous as compared to what it was being. It's just accelerated beyond recognition in recent years. But that's still a lot of money to fork out. And if you buy potential and if they get 10 good like really good years out of him then then we can look back on it and say it was a pretty good investment but I think it's far too early to be saying that just yet Okay, uh, speaking of money being spent one team that did that uh, in January was Norwich who we're going to quickly talk about now because they uh, they lost at Villa last weekend real bad result for them they dropped into the bottom three because um, Newcastle beat West Brom and you just look at Norwich's uh, recent record uh, five league defeats in a row conceded 16 in that time as well uh, going down it's looking like it. Things that aren't looking good for them at the moment. I, a few weeks ago, I said they were probably them and uh, perhaps Newcastle look the most likely to go down alongside Sunderland and Villa for me. But right now, it's looking like them. Such a poor run of form. Conceded so many goals in the really poor losing streak as well. And when you look at the fixtures coming up, they got West Ham this weekend. Okay, West Ham pretty inconsistent form at the moment themselves, but. You know, you're back West Ham to win that, and then Leicester, and then Chelsea. Chelsea, obviously in the bottom half, but improving. You can't really see them bang a win in in those three games, and particularly when you consider that defeat to Aston Villa. You know, Aston Villa. We we talked last week about how they, in the transfer window, seemed to be the white flag of surrender. You didn't see them getting any hope of staying in the division. So for Norwich to just slump to a two 0 loss there, hugely, hugely disappointing result. Gives Villa a, a tiny glimpse of hope, perhaps, but for for Norwich, things need to change pretty quickly because, you know, defensively only Sunderland have conceded more, and they're in the worst form defensively of any team in the league. Can't seem to pick up a point from anywhere at the moment, and with the likes of Bournemouth, especially in Newcastle, starting to improve, Sunderland picking up a few points, and obviously Villa with the win over Norwich, even they're starting to improve. They need to turn that form around quickly, otherwise they might find themselves cut adrift soon. Yeah, I think even with Villa, I mean, it's still an eight-point gap, and you'd have to say that. It's, un, it's still such. I mean, it gave them that glimmer of hope, but eight points is still a massive uh, gap to call back. And then Sunderland, obviously, getting that point at Liverpool, that could, you know, prove invaluable come the end of the season. They're four points behind Newcastle, and it's hard, it's hard to say with Sunderland, isn't it? Because for a long time we've sort of said them and Villa, you know, probably doomed. But then you just keep uh, thinking back to Allardyce and his record. You know, uh, he might be able to claw them back. But then if, say, if Sunderland managed to get out. We we think probably Newcastle they're they're looking alright. We said they probably did good business, but then who who goes down? Are West Brom are West Brom safe yet? There's six points above the bottom three. No, I don't think they're safe yet. But in the same way, Allardyce is a big plus in Sunderland's book. Pulis is a big uh, plus in West Brom's book. I I'd never predict Pulis' uh, side to go down. I think he's got enough about him to to keep any team really in the division. You saw what he did with Palace a few seasons ago when they looked destined for the drop when he took over and took him up to eleventh. I think they finished so. 
I think he's he certainly knows how to get points from games, how to grind out enough points to stay in the division. So while I don't think they're out of danger just yet, I, I would be surprised if they went down. Then you look further up the table, and it's it's tough really to see because Bournemouth have impressed me recently. I think they've only they've only lost three games in the last thirteen Premier League um, outings, I think, which is a really good record for a team supposedly battling against relegation. Five points to the gap to the bottom three now. They're not safe, but if they can keep up that sort of form, picking up regular points, then again I'll be, I'll be quite surprised to see them go down as well. So it's a tough one to call. Swansea have improved under Francesco Guidolin. You know, Newcastle, as you mentioned, they invested well and they're starting to improve. Shelby's already uh, hit the ground running at Newcastle. A couple of assists already for him. So it's an interesting one. It's going to be... A, a, I don't think Sunderland are down just yet. I, I did say Villa, perhaps a glimmer of hope. But I, yeah, as you mentioned, eight points is a big gap. And I, I think they're down already. So it's going to be an interesting one. A lot of the teams down right, right now, I can't really see getting relegated. It's only the bottom three... I would say at this stage, I can see getting relegated because the three above them are improving. They are picking up regular enough points to keep them safe, I think. Yeah, I was just about to say that when you look at the table, even though there's obviously not that much between those teams, you just look at what they're doing, like you said about Tony Pulis and West Brom, because of all those sides, West Brom are the ones really struggling for wins at the moment, but you'd still it's, they've still got a fairly healthy gap to the bottom three. And just when you look at it in the form of Norwich, they need something. I mean, even though you know Naismith has looked good since coming in, but defensively... Uh, he's conceding too many goals and we probably expect those three to come down but when you look at the teams we're going to move on to the championship and talk about potential teams coming up Middlesbrough uh, currently top of the championship 57 points Hull just behind on 56 but Middlesbrough really struggling at the moment they've uh, four games without a win they lost 1-0 to Bristol City and Nottingham Forest and they've had one all draws uh, against Blackburn and MK Dons and both of those they needed uh, late winners uh, against MK Dons Jordan Rhodes uh, got his first goal in the 93rd minute I think it was so they are top at the moment but they're certainly faltering yeah, they are, and they need to turn that around quickly because it's very close up there and very tight. So, do you think the money they spent uh, in the transfer windows, they really need to get up, I think, and it would be such a disappointment if they don't. And with Hull hot on their heels, it's going to be an interesting title race, I think, and automatic promotion race because Burnley only a point behind Hull as well. They're only two points separated in the top three, so... Middlesbrough need to turn that form around, otherwise they could find themselves out of the automatic promotion places and then, you know, anything can really happen in the playoffs. It'll be such a big disappointment, as I mentioned, for them not to uh, not to stay up, uh, not to go up, sorry, considering the amount of money they spent. And you'd have to say the same applies for Derby as well, who themselves are in even worse dire straits than uh, Middlesbrough at the moment. Yeah, just sacked uh, Paul Clement, haven't they? And it's a yeah. bizarre decision, that, because, I mean, I was reading about it and it seems to be that the, the uh, Mel Morris, uh, the chairman, it was wholly his decision... Uh, he said in the statement that um, it was because they weren't playing the Derby way um, and that you know getting promotion wasn't the main issue uh, behind uh, Clement's uh, firing. But you know Derby, they have struggled for wins of late. They've been in poor form, but it's just I, I just think surely they're doing everything they can to go up because they have spent more money than even Middlesbrough. The amount of money Derby has spent on wages, uh, transfers, they've been buying up you know a lot of the league's best players to sort of stop the competition. You, you buy players like Blackman from Reading. Uh, Butterfield from Huddersfield you know those kind of players you're taking all the other team's best players uh, basically and just trying to win the league that way and they should be able to do it they've got so much talent there at Derby but they just can't seem to quite uh, find the right formula obviously under Steve McLaren last year they uh, dropped down to eight just two wins in their last 13 I think it was but uh, as for who's going to go up I think Hull looking pretty good Burnley they've looked great recently Andre Gray they spent a lot of money on him for a striker who you know just two and a half seasons ago I think was playing uh, non-league football but he made the step up really well with Brentford and he's the top scorer this season and I'd say at the moment 
I mean, Bari, you'd still expect them to do it because they're usually so good defensively, but I think just the Derby squad, I can't, I still can't rule them out even though they've got rid of their manager now and they're in bad form, but I just think their squad is just so strong. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who they bring in and what he does with the squad, if they can, if he can give them a burst, like similar to what perhaps Alex Neal did with Norwich last season, to give them a burst, a, a late push to get them back up the table um, and perhaps push him for those automatic promotion places. For me, if I'm looking at the most likely to go up right now, it's quite hard to look past the the current top three. I would still say Derby's certainly in in the mix there if they can get the right man in and he can get an improvement. Just because, as you mentioned, their squad is so good and they spent so much money. But Middlesbrough, I'd be surprised if they don't go up. Hull, I think, have got one of the best squads in the league. They've they've kept largely a lot of their players since coming down from the Premier League. So. They'll fancy their chance of going up as well. And as you say, Burnley have looked good recently as well. So for me, if I had to make a prediction now, it would be the, the current top three. But Derby, not far behind at all. I think you've got to give uh, Sheffield Wednesday a shout because they're a bit of a dark horse. They're doing really well. They've, they're another team that's spent a lot of money. They've got their new owner and they spent a lot of money. But some of the players like Gary Hooper, he's scoring loads of goals at the moment for them. And they've crept into the top six there because Ipswich and Birmingham aren't doing great at the moment. And even Brighton, Brighton have had three wins in a row, but... It's hard to see them staying on because, I mean, their game against Brentford last week, they won 3-0, but uh, Brentford in the first half an hour, they played really well in that game and they, they just couldn't quite score. And then Brighton ended up winning 3-0. I thought it was really harsh on Brentford, but even though Brighton fourth, they're only 53 points, only three points behind the top two. It's, I mean, the problem with the championship, isn't it? It's just so hard to call every year. And every year we think we're going to get a dull season where, you know, two teams, you know, streak ahead of everyone else. But it's been so interesting the last few years, who goes up, who goes down, but... It's, well, you'd have to say, yeah. I mean, one of those... I think the, any of the current top six could do it. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think... Oh, it's just so hard to call, I think, the chat. It's just ridiculous league, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think, giving another mention to Brighton, it's, they're a team who, you know, we expected really to fall away towards the start of the season. Obviously, went through that incredible unbeaten start to the season, but then went for a spell, I think it was more than a month or nearly a month, or exactly a month it was, uh, without a win. And then they've responded with three wins again. So, you know, they probably... Um, the epitome of the the unpredictable nature of the championship at the moment because we didn't really expect them to be up there challenging so so hard for the automatic promotion places of the current top six I'd probably say they were my least favourites to actually get promotion so be interesting to see how long they can keep this up because they've surprised a lot of uh, people so far this season and they keep they keep managing to pick up points they've lost the fewest games in the league so they're certainly doing something right and they'll fancy their chances of sticking around to the end of the season for sure Okay, quickly uh, before we finish, just let's just have your three teams to go down and three to come up at this point. My three to go down, I think it's got to be Aston Villa for one of them. Sund- uh, Sunderland, again, I, I don't like backing against Allardyce when it comes to relegation battle, but I'm going to have to say them. And then Norwich as well, just for the poor form they're in. And for the championship, I think it's going to be Middlesbrough, Hull, and whew, I'm going to go for Derby, just ahead of Burnley, I think. Derby via the playoffs I think Middlesbrough and Hull automatic and Derby via the playoffs yeah I agree with the Premier League three I think anyone arguing against that you know it's, it's hard to argue, you know those three really look like they are going down at the moment but as the championship I think Burnley uh, are going to go up um, I think Hull Burnley and Derby will be the three I don't like what I've seen of Middlesbrough recently so I think it might be those three uh, to go up so it's, it's well I'm sure neither of us will be right it's always so hard uh, so hard to call but um Thanks for this week, Barnes. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, be sure to head to sportsmobile.co.uk uh, this weekend for those big games on Sunday, the top four games between Arsenal and Leicester 
and uh, Spurs and Man City should be cracking games um, we'll be back on Monday uh, next week for a special look ahead to the knockout stages of the Champions League and Europa League so we'll see you then Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime round out Mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market 